Thank you, morning. Today's daf is daf Kuk Nun, 150. We're uh, going to go from the Mishnah towards the top. It's the sixth line. And today's shoes, Le'ilu Nishmas, Hudis Shulamis Ben Yaakov Halevi, Shmuel Shner Zalman Ben Alexandra Zev Halevi, and Ben and Le'ilu Nishmas Ben Sion Ben Zev Avram Halevi. May their memories be a blessing. Um, okay, so yeah, this is a very interesting Mishnah. It says, Lo yiskor oram poalim A person is not allowed to hire workers on Shabbos. And you're also not allowed to ask your friend to hire workers for you. Now that, the Gomorrah finds quite surprising. Um, the Gomorrah is going to ask, that's quite surprising. What do you mean? Obviously, if you're not allowed to do something, you're not allowed to ask your friend to do something. Rashi, very interestingly, says, what's the reason? If you're not allowed to do something, why are you not allowed to ask your friend to do something? That's awesome. So he says, it's lifneive, loisite mishal. You're not allowed to put a stumbling block before a blind person. You're not allowed to cause someone else to do an avera. What makes this more interesting, and probably this is the point I probably should have mentioned right at the beginning of the Mishnah, what's the source, what's wrong with hiring workers on Shabbos? You go up to someone, you go up to your friend, and you say, oh, I know you work in computers, I need someone who can do some programming for me. This is Shabbos at the Bracha, and you say, will you come uh, on Sunday and uh, work for me? Why can't you do that on Shabbos? So it learns out from the Apostle in in Noviets, Yeshaya Nunches. I heard last night a good way to remember it. Yeshaya Nunches discusses a lot of this, or brings the psukim that we learn a lot of the, let's call them the rabbinic laws of Shabbos, you know, to Oneg Shabbos and Kovod Shabbos. Um, one of the psukim is, the one that's, uh, um, that's relevant to us is, so let me just find it. It's Im Toshiv Me Shabbos Raglecho. You must rest on Shabbos from uh, the way you walk. Aslo is Chafotzecho and doing your business needs. Beyom Akoide, Beyom Kodshi on my holy day. The Korosal is Shabbos Oinek. You will um, designate Shabbos as a day of joy, enjoyment. Likdoish Hashem Mechuvod to give honor to the honorable Hashem. To sanctify the honorable Hashem, the Chibadutov Me'aso is Rochecho, and you'll honor it from doing your going on your normal ways, from doing your needs, and from speaking certain things. So there's a lot of the laws. You're not, you're not allowed to say certain things. You're not, that's the one we're discussing now. You're not allowed to do um, your business needs, as we'll see later on in the daf. But, so that's the Isur, it's from Novi. So most learn it's only an Isur Durabonon. Or at most uh, mitzvah from the Nevi'im. And they asked, that's very interesting. Oh, so I was just saying, so, so mitzvah chavtecho is also, you're not allowed to ask someone to work for you on Shabbos because it's discussing business, let's go simply, it's discussing business on Shabbos. Um, an interesting way I heard to remember this is it's all the, where these tukim are found, it's Yeshaya Nunches, Yeshaya Noach, rest. Menucha on Shabbos. So that's a way to remember where to find these Psukim in Novi. It's Yishaya Nunches. Um, but okay, so back to where we were. I asked the question. Rashi says the issue here is to um, lift a Iver. 
You can't ask your friend to hire someone for, me, for you for Shab- on Shabbos because that would be setting him up to do an Avera. That would be Lifneyever. So, so, I mean, they just point out from here is that we see, according to Rashi, Lifneyever even applies on an Isur Causing someone to stumble, the Isur of causing someone to stumble in an Avera is not only an Isudra but even on an Isudra Bonan. Okay, but that's, uh, that's a big discussion in its own right. So going back to the beginning of the Mishnah, as we said, you're not allowed to do business needs, you're not allowed to hire workers, and you're not allowed to ask someone to hire workers for you. This is, You're not allowed to wait by the end of the Tchum to hire workers or to pick produce and bring it back. Again, remember, you're not allowed to work 2,000 amos outside the end of the city. Let's go with that. That's the easy. But you're not allowed to work out, walk outside your zone 2,000 amos. And so you can't wait at the end of the trum for, for Motzei Shabbos. You know Shabbos is out at quarter past six. So you rush at 6 p.m. to be at the end of the trum so you can quickly get to your next... Uh, to your, to your destination, to do something that you're not allowed to do on Shabbos, i.e. hire workers or pick fruit. You can wait at the, at the, you can wait at the trum to guard your field or to then carry fruit back. What does it mean? Why can you wait to guard your field? Because there's nothing wrong with guarding your field on Shabbos. What does guarding your field entail? Walking around, walking through it. So you're allowed to do that on Shabbos. So therefore you can wait at the end of the Tchum to do that straight after Shabbos. You want to get a, what's it, a two kilometer head start at Motzei Shabbos. So you wait at the end of the Tchum. You can do that. And, and the Chirush of, and you can bring produce, is once your intent is to do something mutar, well then once you go, you can also do something asur. I, let's say you would not be allowed to wait at the end of the trum to go and pick produce. But once you're waiting at the end of the trum just to guard your field, well, that's mutar on Shabbos, as we explained. And therefore, you can also then pick some fruit and bring it back. Klal Omar Abashul, Abashul said this as a general principle. Kol shani zakai Anything I'm allowed to say on Shabbos, Oh, sorry, oh, Rashi explains anything I'm allowed to tell someone to do on Motzei Shabbos. I can wait for Motzei Shabbos to do it. I can wait by the Trum. So it comes out from this Mishnah, just the, the general principle would be obviously the first point we learned is you're not allowed to ask someone to do something for you even for later on in the week that they would not be allowed to do or that is not necessary for Shabbos. You, that's the one point. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to ask someone or ask someone to do to ask someone else for you. A second point is this: the second half of the mission is discussing: Can you wait by the end of the trum ready for Motzei Shabbos? So we said you can do that if it's for a permitted act, or if it's for an act you could do on Shabbos. Again, if not for the trum being in the way, but you could not do it. If it is for something that you would not be allowed to do on Shabbos, that would be forbidden on Shabbos. And one interesting... Yeah, okay. Let's go into the Gemara. Now the Gemara asks, We start off the first point of the mission, said you're not allowed to hire workers on Shabbos and you're not allowed to ask someone else to hire workers 
for you on Shabbos. He says, what's the difference? Obviously, if you can't do it, you can't ask your friend to do it. As Rashi explained, it's Vifna Yiver. So, Amara Papa, Chavar Nachri, we're speaking about a non-Jewish friend. Uh, you might have thought, yeah, I can't ask my Jewish friend to go and get me some workers, but maybe I can ask my non-Jewish friend to get me some workers. Um, not a common, not often that we find that the word Chavar refers to non-Jews. Generally, Chavar actually refers First, to people who were meticulous with uh, Trumas and Masras and Tuma and Tahara. It's like a, it was almost a specific group of people which had a specific standard to join their club. But here it seems that Rapopolon says, Nokri says, Batiyafalaravashi, Amiril Nokri is first. Amiril Nokri, you're not allowed to ask a non Jew to do something for you that you're not allowed to do on Shabbos. That's what we famously call Amiril Nokri. It's a Isid Rabbonin. You're not allowed to ask a non Jew to do Malachah for you. It says, Elo Maravashi, Afilutayma Chaveri Israel. We're actually speaking about a Jewish friend. And Hokamashmala, and this is what you would think. Lo Yomar Odom this is what it's coming to teach us. Lo Yomar Odom Lechaveros, Chorli Pualim. You're not allowed to ask your friend to hire workers for you. You can tell the person, um, let's see, let's make it worth, I'll make it worth your while to meet me here tonight. I.e., what's the heter and amazing thing? Ravashi is actually learning this as a leniency. You're not allowed to tell your friend specifically the issue you want to do, but you can allude to it. Uh, we both know if I say... If I come to you and I say, I'll make it worth your while to meet me here at Motzei Shabbos, you know, it's a business deal. So therefore, but since I'm not mentioning the business deal, it's fine. The Tanya, as we learned in a Brisa, a person should not say to his friend, Let's see, let's make it worth your while for you to come and meet me tonight. I'm on Shabbos. Rabbi Yishuah ben Kolcha Oimer, Rabbi Yishuah ben Kolcha says, Oimer Oram Lechavera Nira Shetamud Imi Le'erev. Now, let's see, let's see if you'll come and join me tonight. And that would be mutar. Ah, you can make a very, you can make unspecific plans, even for something you would not be allowed to do on Shabbos. The main issue, as we've established it now, is to specify those plans. I theoretically, you could say to someone, as we'll see, it it doesn't necessarily involve an issue. Let's meet in Santon tonight. You can't say, let's catch an Uber to Santon, because that's specifically saying something that would be awesome to do on Shabbos. But you can say, let's, uh, let's go to Santon together, and it's implicit from the conversation that you're going to drive there, which is awesome on Shabbos. Again, you, can say to, you can't say to your friend, um, I'm looking for a programmer, I'm looking for an accountant, will you work for me, will you come do some stuff for me on Motzei Shabbos? Will you, will you work for me on Motzei Shabbos? But you can say... Um, I'll make it worth your while to come visit me on Motzei Shabbos. And, he, and it's implicit that you've got work for him. So that would be the, the teaching. Omar Rabbi Bachana, Omar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Bachana says in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Halacha Rabbi Shob ben Korcha. The Halacha is like Rabbi Shob ben Korcha. Omar Rabbi Bachana, Omar Rabbi Yochanan, my time at Rabbi Shob ben Korcha. What's the leniency of Rabbi Shob ben Korcha? As we know, you're not allowed to say things that are relevant to the week. Uh, things that you're not allowed to do on Shabbos. You're not allowed to discuss even for later on in the week. So why, even though you're not specifying the work, everyone knows what you mean. It says, As it's written, From doing or from pursuing, getting involved with your 
personal needs or your business needs, v'taberdavar, and saying things. I debur asur hirur mutar. It's specifically saying these things that are asur, but thinking about them is mutar. I fascinated. So it says, because the Pesach says, from pursuing your needs or your business needs and saying things, we learn that this Isur of being involved in business is specifically about speech, regarding speech. Yeah, just before we go on, an interesting point, Aruch HaShulchan points out, you've got to be very careful though. Um, they seem to say one of the leniencies is it's very, very hard for us to control our thoughts. Well, I'm thinking, you know, oh, oh, I've got this big deal I need to close and you want to think about it as long as you don't discuss this. It could be fine. That it is fine. But on the other hand, you've got to be careful. Sometimes thinking about these things can cause a lot of agmas nefesh, uh, anguish, distress. And that would be, let's say, uh, not ideal for Shabbos. Again, there's no issue of thinking of these things. But remember, in that same postdoc, it says, well, Shabbos, Shabbos should be a time of of oneg, of uh, rejoicing in Shabbos and not getting caught up in your business things. But again, min hadin, from the actual law, you are allowed to. So it would be a good musar uh, idea is to be careful what you think about, try and not think about things or, or discuss things even in a mutar way that would be, that would cause distress, but it's not also to. Um, then it says, then he says, now the Gemara just wants to check. So according to what we've said in the, Rabbi Hanna said this all in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Now we've basically said that Rabbi Yochanan makes a distinction between Hirur and Dibur. And we see from his learning out from our Mishnah, like Rabbi Shur ben Kolcha, that you're allowed to think things that you're only allowed to do on Motzei Shabbos. Uh, you can start planning on Motzei Shabbos, let me, I'll say a dollar, I'll, I'll switch on my phone, then I'll run and put a load in the washing, and then I'll uh, um, catch a Uber, whatever it is you can do. Um, then I'll hire someone to come and work as a to come and uh, do this work for me. You can think all of that, but you can't speak it. So we see there's a distinction between speech and thought. So Romi le Ravachabar Ravuna le Rava Ravachabar Ravuna asked Rava. Says Mio Marabi Yochan and Tibur Asur Hiru Mutar. Does Rabbi Yochan really make this distinction that he would say speech is Asur but Hiru is Mutar? We see that speech is not the same, thought is not the same as speech. He says, in all, Rabbi Yochanan said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, in all these places, you're allowed to think Torah, except for a Beisamechat and a Beisakisei. And what do we see? Why can't you think Torah in a bathhouse or a toilet? Because it's like speaking Torah. You're not allowed to think, you're not allowed to speak. So he says, no, shiny awesome to kodosh No, because by thinking in Torah, the Torah says you must, your camp must be holy. I, where you are as a Jew, it should be holy. Specifically there, the discussion is um, regarding a war camp, but we apply that to all the laws of what you're allowed to think about and what you're allowed to say. Um, I be around uh, dirty things like excrement and bad smelling things. And as we'll see, Erva are all learned out from there. Um, but here it says, And Rashi says very beautifully, the Torah says your cat must be holy. Now, why is there a problem if there's a bathroom in the midst of the camp? 
because Jews are always thinking Torah. Their mind always goes back to Torah. Remember, we said this in Brochas by Birchas Torah. Why would you only say Birchas Torah once in the morning when you, when you wake up and you don't say it any time during the day, even if you stop learning? If you were, and let's say another, another Brocha, if you put on your tefillin in the morning and then you wanted to put them on again in the afternoon, you would say a new Brocha. If you, put, if you say Birchas Torah because you went to Shir in the morning, and then you're going to a shir in the evening. You don't say another birchas Torah because a Jew's mind is always constantly connected to Torah. So, so to hear, Jews are always thinking about Torah and therefore your camp must be holy. But we see it specifically even on thought. Oh, so that's where we get it. So that's why by thinking and this having a holy camp for your Machanecho Kodesh is, the Torah says, even for thought. Oh, but it says you shall not see ervas with a nakedness and dovor implying that it's specifically by speech. So you see, now the issue is specifically by speaking by a person's nakedness and not thinking. No, this we need for Rav Yehuda. As Rav Yehuda said, Akum Orum Osalikra is Kriyashma Kenegdo. You're not allowed to say Kriyashma by a naked non Jew. I, by an erva, by nakedness. If someone's not dressed appropriately, you're not allowed to say words of Torah or davening, etc. But you're allowed to think words of Torah and davening. My Arya Akum Afilu Yisrael Nami. Why does it specify an Akum, even a Yisrael? I, why, why is he mentioning that you can't, um, you can't speak Torah in front, of a in front of a non-Jew who's not dressed appropriately? You also can't speak Torah in front of a Jew dressed appropriately. So why does he mention? He says, no, Lomi Boyka Omar. It's not ne it's a, it's in the style of not, ne not necessary. Lomi Boy Israel to also I don't even need to tell you that it's also to speak in front of a Jew who is not dressed appropriately. Aval Akum, but by a non-Jew, Asher Bosor Hamorim Bosro. The Pasuk says their flesh is like the flesh of donkeys. Aimur Shapir Damiamad have said it's mutar. And there's a special drosha that contrasts non-Jews with donkeys, their flesh. And therefore, you might have thought, oh, well, you're allowed to say Birchas Torah, you're so you're allowed to learn a daven, etc., in front of a naked donkey, maybe also in front of a non-Jew. And um, it seems, yeah, it comes to teach us that no, even in front of a naked non-Jew, you're not allowed to say words of Torah. But again, we see, um, so Rabbi Yochanan makes this, so just in summary, Rabbi Yochanan makes this distinction between um, Hirur and Dibur in regards to Hilchas Shabbos. He says you're allowed to, you're not allowed to say business, discuss business deals, etc. on Shabbos, but you're allowed to think them or discuss them without mentioning them. And then we said, oh, but don't we find that Rabbi Yochanan doesn't make this distinction by saying or thinking words of Torah in a bathroom? So you say, no, that's based on a different principle. He says, oh, but that principle seems to overlap specifically with speech. So you said, no, that's by nakedness. By the uncleanliness of your camp, that's specifically a problem regarding, that's even regarding thought. But the issue of nakedness, saying words of Torah, davening, etc., by, um, some, by someone who's not dressed appropriately, that would be 
um, specifically speech. Then we, we just mentioned, interesting. we said, you might have thought, let's say there's a non-Jewish man or non-Jewish lady who's not dressed appropriately, we might have thought that you could say, you could learn and say words of Torah and davening in front of them. So we see the Havamin is it's not necessarily to do with the impure thoughts that you might have, it's to do with the objective, let's call it, Machanecho Kodosh, a lacking in the holiness of your camp. And maybe that doesn't count as detracting from the holiness of your camp. And then it comes along and says, no, it is a problem by non-Jews. So maybe we can learn from there that the problem is specifically Hirur, um, inappropriate thoughts. Or maybe it's that even it still is a lacking in your camp. Okay, the Gomorrah carries on. Oh, so sorry, I left out one important, one last line in this discussion. Maybe it's true. Maybe you can say words of Torah and Davin before a non-Jew who is not dressed appropriately. Or Andre says, because maybe we do treat it like, an, like from, from this halachas, maybe they're like an animal. And there's nothing, and animals we don't consider as a problem. So the Gomorrah answers, Omakra, the Pasuk says, and this is by Noach, they were careful not to look at their naked father. This is by Noach, remember when he got drunk and he was lying naked in his tent. But what do we see? It's called, it calls Noach, Erva. And Noach was a non-Jew, so we see even by non-Jews is considered an Erva. Okay, then the Gomorrah continues back to basically our starting point. Vidibur Miyasur. Where do we find that you're not allowed to say these things on Shabbos? Where do we see that you're not allowed to discuss things that you can only do or that you're only going to do after Shabbos on Shabbos? What's the, where do we see that? And I'll be going to bring a whole long list of examples where people discuss things that were only relevant to, to after Shabbos. You're allowed to discuss calculations regarding mitzvahs on Shabbos. I, how much would it cost to buy a lulav? You're allowed to discuss how much the lulavs are going to cost or how much you have to save up to get a lulav because that's for a mitzvah. And not something you're going to do on Shabbos. You can um, allocate and discuss collecting tzedakah for poor people on Shabbos. You can deal with matters of uh, life and matters of the public on Shabbos. You can discuss things that that are necessary for the community, even though it's something that would not be done on Shabbos. Even allowed to walk to shul, you're allowed to have the community, communal meetings, or rabbis can have, or the community, the committee or something can have meetings to discuss how they're going to help the rabbim. It says, You're allowed to go to the theaters, circuses, and basilkas to discuss what you can do for the public. A different version is exactly what's here, but generally, as we've seen, Masechus Avodah Zohar, you're not allowed to go to these places. But if it's to either build up a relationship with the leaders so that you can intercede on behalf of the Jews, or if you feel that you, if you go there, you can serve some purpose on behalf of the public, you're allowed to go there even on Shabbos. It says, You can arrange, a, you can act the matchmaker on Shabbos. Are they not going to go 
on Shabbos on their dates. They're only going to drive and, and go out on their dates during the week. Says, you can discuss hiring tutors or teachers for your children for for uh, um, for for Kodesh, for Torah, Lelamdo Sefer, and Umanus to teach them a trade. And yeah, so he says, um, so therefore, we see you can discuss all these things that you're not going to do on Shabbos during the week, though. So the Gemara answers, no, from getting involved in your needs, your business dealings, and speaking about them. It's specifically your deeds that are things for you that are also but if it's for shamayim if it's for heaven then it's permitted Aye, and if you go through all these things they are necessary they are mitzvahs how to help the public how to intercede on the behalf of the public arranging setting up a couple batchmaking um, teaching a child torah and a trade also a mitzvah um, discussing tzedakah and how to distribute it or how you're going to raise it, etc. That is all a mitzvah and that's why you're allowed to do it on Shabbos. But to go and discuss your business needs or your finances or something like that, that would be forbidden. And because as the Apostlech says, your needs, your business dealings are also. And very interestingly, here's the heter. How on Shabbos can you call someone up for the Torah and ask them to give a donation? They can't give money on Shabbos. So this is the, I don't want to go into the full discussion whether you should do it or should you find a different way to do it. But this is the, this is the source for underlying that. No, it's for a mitzvah. So that's why you can. Okay, Omar of Yudom HaShmuel, Cheshboina Shel Malach V'Shel Mabakach. Calculations of Malach and Mabakach. Shabbos, you're allowed to discuss and work out on Shabbos. What's malach? Malach? What is it to you? I a cheshbon that is not relevant. I you walk past the house that they're building and you start discussing, yeah, that house is going to cost uh, X million to build, or that house is going for some. They're selling it for X. If it's not your house and it's not your building company. What difference does it make? It's just a discussion. You know, people often discuss, oh, the wealth of uh, Bill Gates made this investment and he did that. You know, like that's malach. Ma, uh, what difference does it make to you? So therefore, um, you're allowed to discuss that on Shabbos. It's specifically things that are connected to you and finances um, that are connected to you. And what shall mabakach? They were relevant to you, but it's in the past now. I discuss, yeah, um, yeah, five years ago when I bought my car, it was worth X. That's not a, or yeah, I closed this deal uh, two months ago. It's not relevant to you at the moment so that you're allowed to discuss on Shabbos because it's in the past. I, it was relevant to you. It would have been something you're not allowed to discuss on Shabbos. But now it's a few months, a few few weeks, few months, few years ago. It doesn't matter anymore. So again, so let's just read that line again. Omar of Yudom HaShmuel, Cheshboina Shomalach. Calculations of... It makes no difference to you. It's someone else's finances. Vishel Mabakach and transactions that you've done in the past. Mutala Cheshbon B'Shabbos, you're allowed to calculate on Shabbos. Tanya Namihach, we have a bride which teaches the same thing. Cheshbon She'ovru, things, Cheshbon of the past. Vishad Tidim Liyois, and that are for the future. Osuru Lechashbon, Lechashbon, you're not allowed to discuss that. Shel Malach, Vishel Mabakach, Mutala Cheshbon. These things of Malach and Mabakach, you're allowed to calculate on Shabbos. 
they raised a contradiction. You're allowed to calculate cheshbonos that are not needed. You're not allowed to calculate um, do uh, calculations. I discuss finances of things that are necessary. Shabbos, and this is all on Shabbos. Kate said, what are examples? So, Oimer Adam Lechavero Kach Vakach Poalim Hotsasio Hischarti Asarezu. I hired X number of workers for my field, or it cost me X num X to get these workers. Kach Vakach Dinorim Hotsasi Al Direzu. I spent X on this house. Avaloy Yoimar, but you're not allowed to say Kach Vakach Hotsasi. But you're not allowed to say, um, this is what I did spend and this is what I will spend. So now this b'risa contradicts our previous b'risa because this b'risa permits someone to say what they already, sp- already spent. And the previous b'risa says you're not allowed to discuss what happened in the past. I previous finances. The Gemara says, That b'risa itself is a problem. As we explained, what does it mean? Again, we discussed two types of discussions that were mutar in the previous bride. We said maloch and shalmabakach. Shalmabakach, we explained, meant what was in the past. Oh, you can discuss. But this price says you're not allowed to discuss what was... And then it goes along, sorry, and then it says you're not allowed to discuss what was in the past. So Mabakach and Shalovar of the past seem to be the same thing. If I mention to you, yeah, that house I bought 30 years ago and it cost me X... That's in the past, that should be mutar. But on the other hand, we said you're not allowed to discuss things that were relevant to you, but in the past. So, which one is it? Are you allowed to discuss finances that are not currently relevant to you, but were relevant a few months or a few years ago? So, the Gemara says, Here is where he still has owes wages, he's still invested in it. And here's where he does not have wages still invested in it. So very interestingly, um, yeah, again, basically, if it's still, if you still have financial involvement in it, then it seems to be a problem. Uh, you still owe uh, workers some outstanding money for what they did for you, then it would be a problem to discuss it in Shabbos, even though the actual transaction is finished. But if it's in the past and it's irrelevant then you would be allowed to discuss it on Shabbos. So again, this is interesting. Um, You can discuss finances and financial dealing and business dealings and the cost of certain materials and uh, this cost of labor. As long as it's not relevant to you, as long as it's just a discussion of interest. Again, on Shabbos you should maybe only speak Torah. But uh, you would be allowed in passing discuss, uh, yeah, that house was sold for X. That car's worth this. Yeah, did you hear about the business deal that Amazon just took? You know, like that sort of thing. Even though it is business, since it's irrelevant to you, it's mabakach and it's maloch and malach and and shel mabakach. You're allowed to discuss it on Shabbos. The Mishnah then said, "Ei you're not allowed to wait at the end of the tchum to go and do something that you're not allowed to do on Shabbos." For example, he said to uh, um, the Mishnah's example was. To hire workers or to uh, pick produce. Um, I should have also mentioned they bring out, it's not specifically that you're waiting at the end of the trum, it's just that if you're waiting at the end of the trum, it's quite apparent 
it's more apparent what you're doing and that you're doing it for an awesome reason on Shabbos. But if you're waiting just outside the town, well within the Trum, but it's clear for to do something that is Osir after Shabbos, then it would be uh, Osir. Are you standing, uh, you're standing by your car with your van, you're standing by your van loaded, you know, so that's clear you're not allowed to do that on the Shabbos, that would be also, even though it's well within the Trum. Okay. Ein Mechashin. So it says, Tone Rabbanan. We learned in a Brisa. Maase Bechosid Echod She Pirzeloi Peretz Betolch Sadeu. A wall broke down in the field of this pious person. Venimlach Oleole Goidra. This is all on Shabbos. And he thought, oh, after Shabbos, he's thinking, thinking. I better fix it after Shabbos. Venizkar She Shabbos. And then he remembered it's Shabbos. Venina Isachosid Velo Goidra. And he prevented him he never ever rebuilt it i he was pious so he went after his thought obviously to say i'm going to build that fence after shabbos would be a problem as we've seen you're not allowed to say things that are also to do on shabbos but he just thought it and he decided to as a penalty on himself he a self-imposed penalty he's not going to rebuild it a miracle occurred for also bought slaf and a slaf bush grew in its place. And from it, he was able to sustain himself and sustain his family. Now, obviously, this is Midas Chasidus. As we've said, you're allowed to think things. You're even allowed to say things if it's in a roundabout way that it's not apparent that you, you haven't said anything that is also. But this Chasid acted, he went beyond the letter of the law. And he was rewarded for that. Amar Rabbi Yudah, Amar Shmuel, Rabbi Yudah said in the name of Shmuel, Muta la'adam lo'im elachavayro, lekrach ploni ani hoylech, lemochor she'im yesh bugonim holach. Rabbi Yudah says in the name of Shmuel, you can say I'm going to such and such a village tomorrow, I on Sunday, and because if there are these little huts, he wouldn't be allowed to walk there. I Let's say, let's assume there's a big open space between Johannesburg and Pretoria. So you couldn't, it's out, let's say Pretoria is outside of the Trum. I think now it might be built up all the way there. So it wouldn't necessarily be outside the Trum. But let's just say, for example, it is outside of the Trum. If they're huts within 70, it's, I mean, we're not going to go into the number now, but it's 70 and two thirds of an Amma within each other. And they spaced always within 70 and two thirds of an Amma. It extends the trum. So theoretically, you could have a trum from Johannesburg to Pretoria with these uh, huts, and then it would be mutar to walk to Pretoria on Shabbos. So since theoretically it is possible to walk to Pretoria on Shabbos, you can discuss walking to Pretoria on Sunday, going to Pretoria on Sunday. Why? Again, because you, you're right, you're not allowed to walk there today on Shabbos because there is no, there, you, it's outside the trum. But theoretically, there could be a trum, and therefore you can discuss going there. And there's nothing intrinsic in the, there's nothing intrinsically problematic with getting to Pretoria. It's outside the trum, but the trum could easily be um, negated. This is the, the issue of the trum. So it's tnan, but we learned in our Mishnah, Mishnah, we said you're not allowed to wait by the end of the Tchum to hire workers and to bring back produce. Now, it makes sense that you're not allowed to wait at the end of the Tchum to go hire workers. Because you're not allowed to hire workers on Shabbos, so you're not allowed to 
get ready to do that on Shabbos. But if there were partitions, you would be able to carry your produce back. If there was an Eruv set up, you would be allowed to carry your produce back. So why can't you do that? Again, if I'm allowed to discuss and do it, it's interesting we tie together this discussing discussion and doing acts that you're ready to do something on Shabbos. But if I'm allowed to, according to Rabbi Yehuda, I'm allowed to say, let's, let's go to Pretoria tomorrow because theoretically we could walk there because they're uh, we could walk then because theoretically there could be a tchum. Well, you can go and plan to bring back produce because theoretically there could be an Eruv, which would negate the Isur. So he says, So the Gemara says, No, Mishkach has lo, but Paris Amuchobarim. No, it's discussing fruit that is attached. I'm not allowed to plan on Shabbos to go pick fruit. Pick fruit because that's also on Shabbos. We're going to ask a very similar styled question. You're not allowed to wait by the Tchum to bring back Teven Vakash. Seems I saw, yeah, I wasn't sure. Article explained Teven is processed straw. It's ready as animal food. And Kash is straw that is still, sorry. Yeah, and cash is still growing straw. It's like stubble that's still in the ground, which you wouldn't be allowed to uh, gather on Shabbos. So he says, It makes sense why you're not allowed to wait by the end of the tchum to go and fetch the straw that is still growing or still part of the ground because it's mechubar and that's going to do something that would be also to do on Shabbos. What could be the problem with bringing the teven back? Theoretically, there could be an Eruv. And it would be fine to carry it. So what's the problem? So he says, no, betimnasaria, with rotten straw, which is muktza. So it's not something you could move on Shabbos. And therefore, um, and and therefore you could not prepare on Shabbos to go and move it after Shabbos. Toshma, come in here. You're allowed to plan to wait by the end of the tchum to organize things for a bride to get married or for a corpse. So he says, Al iskei kalu umeis in al iskei acherlo. To do things for the bride, you could you would be allowed to wait by the tchum to go do these things straight off the Shabbos for the kala, but you would not be allowed to do things for another person. You could wait by the end of the tchum to go do something for the corpse which for a regular person you would not be allowed to do. Now the Gomorrah is going to basically prove, it's got to obviously be discussing basically doing the same act for the bride and for another person, or the same thing that you're going to do for the corpse for another person. Otherwise, what's the discussion? So let's see. It makes sense for someone else. For example, you want to pick a myrtle. You want to go pick some myrtle branches for the bride. She's getting married tonight or early Sunday morning. So you go on Shabbos. You walk to the end of the trum so you can straight after Shabbos go a few hundred, another few hundred meters and pick some myrtles for the bride. But if it's to pick something for a regular person, well, you would not be allowed to do it. There's a leniency for a bride. What are you going to do for the mace? You're going to go and fetch a coffin or fetch shrouds. But why wouldn't you be allowed to 
But why would you not be allowed to do that for a regular person? Maybe because theoretically, if there was an Eruv, you would be allowed to go fetch a container or a jacket or something for a regular person. Again, remember, we're saying, Rabbi Yehuda says, when are you not allowed to wait by the end of the Trum? That's specifically where you're doing it for something that is itself problematic on Shabbos. But if theoretically it could be mutar on Shabbos, then you would be allowed to do it according to Rabbi Yehuda. So theoretically, are you allowed to... So you're right. You can't go outside of the Trum to fetch this jacket. Or you can't go into the Rishus Harabim to fetch this jacket for a person because you can't carry. But theoretically, there could be an Eruv and then you can carry. Um... And comes along, so so why would you be allowed to specifically do that for a mace and not for a regular person? Go fetch shrouds for a mace, but you can't fetch a jacket for a regular person. So the Gemara answers, no, maybe you need to cut the shrouds. You need to cut the shrouds to size, and therefore so too this person, we worry that you'll... The, 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 then for a regular person you would not be allowed to cut a talus for him to cut a garment for him so that's your right so again comes out something that would be also to, so, so just in summary according to Rabbi Yehudah Marishmul something that theoretically is mutar on Shabbos in my mind the starting point is very different because no, let's see yeah, if it's something that theoretically could be mutar on Shabbos then you're allowed to plan on Shabbos or discuss on Shabbos doing it. But if it is something that is also to do on Shabbos, for example, going to pick produce, going to hire workers, um, going to cut some cloth for, for, your, for your coat or something like that, that would be also to discuss or to wait by the trum to prepare to do straight after Shabbos, on Shabbos, to do it straight after Shabbos, that would be problematic. There is an exception if it's for a wedding, for a bride, or for a mace. Okay, then he says, We said that you can wait by the boundary for... Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. You can, um, you can wait by the boundary to go guard your field or to bring back produce. Says, but what about Havdallah? If you're waiting, you're waiting two kilometers outside the, or one kilometer, uh, 2,000, almost 1,000. You're waiting one kilometer outside the city to go do something that's also on Shabbos, you haven't set up dollar. You're not allowed to do malacha, you know, until you've done havdala. Granted, time-wise, Shabbos might be out until you've done havdala. It's also... Maybe you'll say he's already done havdala in his mariv amida. Well, you still have to do havdala over a cup of wine. Like we do, we say atochonein in atochonein. We say atochonantanu. That's avdola, and then again we say it on a cap. Says v'chitaim the avdila lakois. Maybe you want to say no. You did do avdola on the cos. Where are you going to find a cup of wine in the middle of the field? Remember, you're a kilometer outside the town. So he says no. Targumore binosan bar ami kamedrova benagisu shoni. Yeah, you're right. Our Mishnah has to be discussing the time when they were pressing wine. So out in the field, there's plenty of wine in the vats. Um, 
just the, where they would press the one, and that's where we, the case we're discussing when he's right by one of these and he can use it. It says, In Eretz Yisrael, we used to say the following, And then we were allowed to do Malacha. And Omar Ravashi, And when we were, Ravashi says, When we were by Rav Kahana, Omar Hamavdil ben Kodesh Lachol Masaltinan Silta, and then we would, as soon as he said Hamavdil ben Kodesh Lachol, he would chop wood. Uh, one of these last, up till here, we assumed you had to say Avdola Intfila and Avdola on a cup of wine before you were allowed to do Malacha. This last line in the Gemara, and this is how we paskin, might not be ideal. And it might not be ideal, but we do paskin that once you, you all you have to do is say Hamavdil ben Kodesh Lachol. And once you've said that, you've made the Havdalah declaration, you can do Malacha. And that's what actually they say, you must remind women. Men generally, so they go to shul, I mean, and we have to remember nowadays, but men, they often go to shul, and then they have Surah Shlishit, and they go straight into Malacha. Yeah. Yeah. So generally, you go to Surah Shlishit, with still Shabbos, and then you have a Mariv, and you say Havdalah in your Amida. And then at least you said an Abdullah and you can go home and do Malacha. Or even you, you go home and you sat on a cup of wine and you've done Abdullah so you can do Malacha. But women who don't go to shul or if you're going to do Malacha before davening Mariv, then you must say Baruch HaMavdu Men Kodesh Luchol. Interesting enough, we say it like it is. The Rach on the page brings that it's actually supposed to be a proper Bracha. You must say Baruch HaTashem and Okeinu Melech HaOlam HaMavdu Ben Kodesh Luchol. Okay, but as I said, we don't say it as a proper bracha. And that is the psak. If you need to do melacha before you said in Atochan Antanu, you said that Avdola, or you forgot to do that, then you must say Baruch HaMavdil before you go and do melacha on Shabbos. And that would be the case here. So he's, he's at the end of the Trum, and he's going to do something that's permitted, so he's allowed to wait by the end of the Trum. But until he's done Avdola, he's not allowed to step out of the Trum. So no, he says, Baruch HaMavdi ben Kodesh Lechol, or according to the Rach, Baruch HaMavdi ben Kodesh Lechol, and then he can go to Melocha.